a cut-price miniature, in fact, of Rat Park, the Eden built in the 1970s by a Canadian shrink named Alexander, who'd conducted drug addiction experiments on rats and found that the creatures didn't like being high, preferred plain water to morphine and sugar-laced stuff. Rats weren't dumb. No way. Isabella VII stirred and began to tread a path south. Not today, the keeper told her, lifting her gently again and stroking her cute little nose. This Isabella had always been special. When her time came, the keeper would end her life kindly. Not yet, though. Romeo hadn't finished with her yet. Chapter 2 Life was good in the Beckett household. Everyone safe, healthy, and content in the small white Bay Harbor Island house that Grace Luca Beckett had lived in for some years before she'd met and married her husband Sam. It was the kind of ease that made Grace just a little nervous. She hadn't been superstitious in the past, but over time it had crept up on her, and sometimes she even knocked on wood surreptitiously, so no one else would notice. Except Sam, of course, who noticed everything. That's what you got being married to a police detective. You got a lot of other things, too, when the detective was Sam Beckett. Like all kinds of love and caring and kindness, and not just directed at you and your baby son and grown-up daughter, but also at the other people who mattered in your world. You also got tension every time he stepped out of the door to head for work. Because even in a jurisdiction as civilized as Miami Beach, a violent crimes detective all too often had to deal with madness and evil. So you just never knew. But for now, right now, life was good. The dark times behind them. Knock on wood. Joshua was seventeen months old, a walking, clambering, blessedly easygoing, endlessly inquisitive little boy who was finding potty training entertaining and had more than twenty clearly comprehensible words in his vocabulary. Grace had begun seeing patients again in her role as a child and adolescent psychologist, and Kathy, their twenty-two-year-old adopted daughter, had come home in time for Christmas after nine months away in California. So the whole family had been together for once for the holidays. Even Grace's sister Claudia, with husband Daniel and their boys, who'd seemed good too, healing from their shaky spell. And then no sooner had Kathy come home than she'd packed up all her belongings and moved out again, this time perhaps for keeps. And neither Grace nor Sam had ever imagined feeling happy about that, but Kathy's return had coincided with Sam's younger brother Saul finding his own apartment in Sunny Isles Beach and asking Kathy if she'd like to share. And Saul was doing well enough with his furniture making to be able to afford the rent, and the legacies that Judy Beckett had left him and Sam three years ago, startling them both, had given him a solid base, and the deal had been that as soon as Kathy had a job, she'd contribute 
but until then, Saul was content with the status quo. Uncle and niece on paper, but with only a year between them, he and Kathy were more like brother and sister. Or, better yet, best friends. When Dr. David Beckett and his late wife Judy had adopted Sam, an orphaned eight-year-old African-American, they could never have imagined what a fine family custom they were initiating. All those different heritages stitched together like the best kind of American quilt, Kathy as integral a part of that as Joshua. The question, after her time away, was what Kathy was going to do. Not go back to university to resume her social work studies. It's not just the bad memories, she told them right after her return. I think I'd feel like I was going backward. So are you going to focus?